We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I'm Cardinals outfielder Jordan Walker, and you're listening to the Sports Open Line on KMOX. Sports Open Line, roll it on right here on KMOX. Cardinals win earlier today. Off tomorrow, they will match up against the Seattle Mariners coming up on Friday night to open up a three-game weekend series and open up a three-city Western road trip. Right now, to talk all things baseball, we welcome in one of my favorite people to talk baseball with. You follow him on Twitter at BizBallMori, B-I-Z-B-A-L-L-M-A-U-R-Y. Senior contributor with Forbes, Forbes Sports. He joins us right now. He's more brown hey maury how are you i'm good matt how about yourself doing uh doing good always enjoy being able to talk to you i just i want to start with this because we have this max scherzer thing today where he gets thrown out of the game and uh we get the ridiculous quotes afterwards from umpires talking about just like how sticky his hand is and i've just in the last hour or so i've i've taken a step back and looked at this whole thing and thought how ridiculous it is is there a better way for baseball to enforce foreign substances than what they're doing right now well, I thought Scott Boris actually had something probably, you know, pretty wise to do. Do something objective. Look, you know, collect, you know, whatever's on their hands. Make, you know, if, if you think that there's something, go and collect the, you know, whatever's on there. Go have it tested. Um, and then go ahead and met out any suspensions or whatever. But I, I, I don't like how this plays out. If it's rosin, then rosin is supposed to be in there. If it's something mixed with it, okay. But – that could be sweat. I mean, that's been a you know kind of a go-to thing, you know, sweat and rosin. So I, I you know something other than some subjective thing. It looks like it's sticky stuff. We don't really know what it is, um, and then make it you know here are the substances that are absolutely allowed, and here's what isn't, and come up with something objective. I think that the subjective thing right now, given the fact that the league has said that they're going to go ahead and start suspending. Pictures for this stuff, there's, you know, it, it has real implications. So I think something better than what they have now has to come into play. It just has to. When they first started enforcing it, we saw spin rates drop, but then spin rates started moving up again. Yet here at the same time, guys, rare. what happened today is a really rare thing. So we know something's being used somehow, some way. The spin rate data is telling us that, but there's no real enforcement of it. I guess that goes back to what you're saying. I just, I, I don't know if what's being done right now is doing any good when the spin rate numbers kind of tell us that it's not. Yeah, I mean, look, they, we we had something on the books, right? They said they were going to clamp down on it, and then you know, this again, this is almost like the conversation that we have around the pitch clock. Like, why do we have a pitch clock when the umpires can enforce the rules that were already on the books? Look, there were rules on the books, and then what happened was, is it was the umpires were taking it really serious, looking really close, and then toward the end of the season, it was just kind of like, hey, turn your hands over real quick. Yeah, you look fine. And, I, you know, the league said, hey, no, 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 we've got to clamp down on this. We really want to make sure this doesn't happen, that it doesn't, 
you know, somehow seep back in. But uh, again, it's just one of those things to where what 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 do you what are we going to do other than have some subjective thing here that seems to ebb and flow? And if if we can't enforce the rules on the books as they are, then come up with a better system. And it's Phil Cuzzy has had all three ejections too. That's the other weird thing here, where he's really been the only umpire who's ejected anybody for this. Yeah, there is that. You know, and look, it's not like like some somewhere someone's going, hey, let's go talk about what happened with the Yankees. Look, you had a picture with the Yankees that yeah. was told, I told you to go, the umpire lip reading, I told you to go wash your hands. Like, so what does that tell you? Obviously, there was a substance that shouldn't have been there. So it's just uneven. You know, it's subjective. It seems to move and shake depending upon which way the wind blows. So come up with a system that is a little more objective and less subjective. Uh, it has to happen here. If if it's that important to the league, then put in a system that allows for it. We're about 10% into the season. The new rules, have you enjoyed what it's produced so far? I have. I really have. I mean, look, I'm, I'm an older generation, so um, I always preferred, you know, the style of play that I kind of grew up with. Now, do I like, you know, the fact that we have to have a clock? Um, I don't. Would would I like to see the, you know, it continue the way that it had been? No. I mean, it was just dragging out. It was just getting ridiculous. So I like the pace. I don't know, you know, the clock obviously seems to be working. I don't like violations very much. But the overall pace of it, right, we focused on game length, right? That's easy to look at. But as I sit and I watch games, and look, I, I try and watch two or three a day, then it, from that perspective, I like it. I really do. It does give me some sense that there's quite a bit of action going on. It has done, I think, what it was largely intended, which is, you know, keep the game moving, have some action involved in it, and less standing around and really kind of watching paint dry. The Cardinals and Arizona combined for 19 runs today. The game was actually a longer game. It came in at 259, but that's a game. We talk about it taking the average game time down 20, 30 minutes. When we're looking at these games where close to 20 runs are scored, that's cutting these games down by an hour. That's a, that's a four-hour game last year. Yeah, I mean, I, everybody's waiting to see what happens with the Yankees-Red Sox tilt, right? I mean, those have always been historically just ridiculously four-hour games, right? So I, I do get back to it again. I mean, it's not like you're not getting a lot of action. So John Thorne, who's the league's official historian, said something to me one time that I, I really liked. He goes, more of a good thing is a good thing. In other words, if you're getting a lot of action, right, even if the games are potentially a little bit longer in spots, right? Let's just say it goes three hours and 10 minutes or three hours and 20 minutes or whatever it is. And you're cramming that much action in there. That should be a good thing. And as we've looked at it, you know, attendance is, is up. It's very early, right? And granted the opening day, right? We had all teams played for the first time since the fifties. That influences it a little bit, but league attendance is up a little bit. Television numbers are up a little bit, although we're not going to get much out of it. The sample size is pretty small. So, again, I think all the changes, you know, that and and having, you know, a balanced schedule, a lot of changes that have been made are designed not only for new fans, right? Everybody's like, hey, you know, you're, you're, you're killing the old fans to bring in new. No, 
I, I would say, I, granted, it's, you know, people, there are some people that don't like it, but it seems to me that most people do, and that includes a large portion of the players. We are starting to see teams do alcohol sales through the eighth inning. They're saying it's because the games are moving faster, so it's a way for them to recoup some of these concession uh, sales. Do you have any issue with that? I do. And I think that, you know, I, I can't remember which player talked about it, but if games are moving that fast and you move it into the eighth inning, then about, what, 40 minutes later, you're letting people out of the gate. I think that, and I'm going to write about this, the way that they should do it is the clubs control this. This is not something that the league does. So each club determines when beer cutoffs are. They should really try to work with um, online or through mobile um, orders. Have your order ready, walk up and go get it. That's the other thing. I mean, how many people are standing in line when maybe two and a half or three innings go by, just standing in line waiting for your beer and your dog, right? So, look, they should really use the technology available to them. That stuff is easily done now. It was done largely um, out of the pandemic. We started to see contactless purchases. So I think that the club should start to really focus on that. They don't need to move beer sales out. They just need to make it to where, hey, you can go ahead and get your stuff easier. That way you don't run into a potential, you know, over-serving someone uh, because games are running faster. Uh, so here in St. Louis, I was at a presentation the other day, and they were talking about what they did in the off season, and they really focused on the efficiency of ordering and getting lines to move fast, and the point of sale systems and things like that. And everything I've heard in St. Louis is people have been really happy that the lines have moved really quickly, and, and for me, it feels like that can be what other teams can look to more focused on keeping lines moving as opposed to extending sales. Yeah, and that would be the thing, you know. I and mean, look, every every series, you know, you have promotions that go in, bobblehead nights, whatever. You know, you're going to ebb and flow. A Monday night is going to be easy to deal with. A Friday night, fireworks night, may be something entirely different. But again, I I do think that there is, you know, better ways of doing this than you know potentially moving stuff out. I understand why. I really do. You know, if the games are going to be shorter, you don't want to lose that revenue. Um, there's a cause and effect. If it was hot dogs and chips and we weren't dealing with alcohol, then it might be an entirely different, uh, you know, discussion. But the fact that it's alcohol, I think it's something, you know, to really consider maybe, again, as you mentioned, let's deal with it through technology, get lines moving, you know, make sure your staff properly and try and deal with it that way. Last thing for you, at some point there's going to be Major League Baseball expansion. There's going to be two more teams added. This past week we learned of an effort in Salt Lake City to be one of those teams. There hasn't been a lot of talk about Salt Lake City that we've talked about. Portland and Nashville and Montreal and San Antonio and places like that. Uh, Does does Salt Lake City have a legit opportunity to possibly get a Major League expansion team? Yeah, as a matter of transparency, I mean, I got my start from the very first MLB to Portland effort and have watched all of this stuff super close. The difference with the Salt Lake thing, and you, if you take all of whether this market deserves it, whether the demographic is better, or whatever you're going to do, any place that you go now is going to largely be a small to mid market. So you just start right there. The Salt Lake effort looks like it has the funding and the people behind it to get you know, what was largely be about a $4 billion investment, you're going to have to build a ballpark at $2 billion, and then you're going to probably have to cough up another $2 billion for an expansion fee. And look, the Miller family who ran the Jazz, and if you look at how they're built from top to bottom, they seem to have not just 
civic people, you know, baseball boosters, but they have a lot of politicians behind it, the governor, the mayors around, not just Salt Lake proper, but around it. You have U.S. senators, you know, the Romney families involved with it. They seem to have quite a bit there. I think the difficulty is going to be this. How long can you hold the center? How long can you keep those people together? Because I don't see expansion coming for five or six years at the minimum until the A's and the Rays get sorted out. I mean, we're not going to have an expansion discussion. So even if you had the funding all lined up and let's say, you know, two or three years from now, the Rays and the, and the A's were sorted out, well, you're still looking at, you know, a year or two to get a ballpark built. So, you know, again, do other markets come into play between now and then? Yeah. Is it going to happen? Rob Manfred has said to me and many others directly that he sees Major League Baseball as a growth industry. And if you look at what's going on right now with the universal DH, the balanced schedule, it sets itself up when you get to 32 teams for regional realignment. And you basically get what you see in the NFL and the NBA, which is it's conference play, right? It really doesn't matter where people are at. You, the Giants would play the Mariners regularly, and you would have a division built around a regional alignment. And that, if you look at what's happening right now, it's setting itself up entirely for that. So I, I would look for expansion. Like I said, I think it's just the timing on it, given what's happening with the A's and the Rays. He is Maury Brown. You follow him at Bisball Maury, senior contributor with Forbes. Thank you so much for your time. We'll do it again real soon. All right, Matt, you take care of yourself. Thanks for having me. You bet. Thank you. There's Maury Brown joining us. Always appreciate his time. When we come back, Joe Roderick will be with us. This is the Gray Bar Sports Open Line on KMOX.